This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. It is the day after, and we're not going to spend that much time talking about it today either. The first reason is because Mark Stein is back today from his uh, journeys abroad, and we can't wait to catch up with Mark in a few moments. The second reason is there's other stuff besides that in the news today to talk about. But we did a poll yesterday, and we asked people, should he be stripped of that gold statue. And 77.45 of you said, yes, take back the gold statue. And the rest of you said, no, let him have the gold statue. Okay, so now we've covered that. Thank you. Other news, and yes, you know who we're talking about. Him. And I'm tired of reading about it now. I hope you, anyway, our telephone number, if you'd like to be part of today's program, 800-848-9222, 800-848-WABC. It is, of course, Tuesday, which is Mark Stein Day here on James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley's program, and we are so delighted that we'll have Mark back. Can't wait to speak with him. Uh, there are a few other stories in the news. One of your Congress people is making noise. What's so unusual about that? Okay, if I ask you to identify... The the Congress person with the biggest mouth in the U U and the U a New York City delegation. What name would you come up with? The person who never stops talking, who never stops running their mouth. Who would that person be? You're right, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez on Tuesday, has called on Justice Clarence Thomas to either resign or face impeachment for what she says are ethical breaches. Now, this little know-nothing, well, don't let me say that, because that is not true. I withdraw that remark. There's another article that I'll get to in a moment where actually her savviness does come through. But in terms of matching her intellect with that of Clarence Thomas, please, not even a con. There's no contest there. Uh, but she says that he should resign or face impeachment. To which I say, if not his failure to disclose income from right wing organizations, please recuse himself from matters involving his wife. Please, his wife is an independent person. His vote to block the January sixth commission from key information must be investigated. Well, go ahead and investigate it, little girl. And when you finish investigating, 
then you line up the impeachment charges and you bring them up, okay? So just have at it. But it's not going to work. There is an article in the Politico today about how Democrats do have the legislative ability under our Constitution to impeach Justice Thomas, but they dare not. And I say they dare not try in an election year. Please, go ahead. If you think that that's good politics, Ms. Cortez, then you line it up. Go right ahead. And I also say you first. You resign first. And Schumer's out running his mouth saying he should recuse himself. Yeah, Chuck, you. No one cares what you say. You are inconsequential these days, Chuck. Just go tell it to the mountain. Because no one else is going to listen to you. Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez thinks President Biden got played by Senator Joe Manchin. Of course, she's the smartest one in the room, no matter what room it's in. So now she has determined that Joe Manchin played President Biden and his nostalgia for bygone eras on uh, making backroom deals are what's going to doom the Democrats in the midterms. This, this is an article from the New York Intelligence, uh, the, the New Yorker magazine today. New York magazine. The Intelligentsia column. They interviewed her. Now, she does say something in here that caught my attention in the interview. What she said was, if the president does pursue and start to govern decisively using executive action and other tools at his disposal, I think that we're in the game. But if we, meaning the Democrats, just kind of sit back for the rest of the year, not change people's lives, yeah, I think we're in trouble. So I don't think it's set in stone. I think we can determine our own destiny here. Now, as much as I don't like some of the things that she says, and as much as I think that some of the things that she says are ill-conceived and not thought out, I think this is actually a great point that she's making. When we concede power and we do nothing, we give our opponents, our political opponents, our destiny. And she's absolutely right about that. And this is what she also, she also talked about how she's worked with the organizers out in East Elmhurst, Queens, to come up with the largest ever federal funeral assistance program for COVID-19. She was able to author an $8 billion female program. Now, that program is real, and this is something that if she is, as she say, the sole author, if she's the author of it, it's a piece of legislation that does help people's lives. Can't take that away from her, people that, that, that suffered from COVID. But this is what she also said, and this is what got me. We stay organizing all year round, she told followers in a video last December. And then she started ticking off the number of bills she's sponsored, constituents that she's helped, community campaigns that she's launched or supported in 2021, a non-election year. She and her staff handed out turkeys, ran tutoring program for kids, stood with taxi drivers holding a hungry strike, trained tenant organizers, trained, again, trained tenant organizers, knocked on thousands of doors of the Green New Deal, and so on and so on and so on. Now, 
You, she has more than six million dollars on hand in 2022. So many other Democrats are now copying, trying to imitate what she does, down to even copying the logo that she uses for her campaign. There's a pack that supports her. It's called Through Courage to Change. And through that pack, she supported 15 of the of the council, I believe, the council in, uh, let's see, yeah, New York, the city council, 50, 15 of the, of the council's 51 members took the pledge that her PAC introduced in exchange for the money. Now, I can get mad at her and call her when she says things about uh, uh, Clarence Thomas. I can say, oh, go away, little girl. But let me tell you something. This woman is not a dumb bunny. She may not be the intellectual powerhouse when it comes to policy. She's no match. She's no match to Princess Di, our very own, well, nobody is, queen of policy, princess of policy here. She may not be the brightest bulb in the world and trying to understand the consequences of the socialism that she practices. But this woman is a force to be reckoned with. She is not a lightweight. She also understands retail politics. It is. It would be a mistake to underestimate Ms. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. We may not like her political branding. We may not like her political ideas. We may think that some of her political ideas based on our knowledge of history and America and what America is about are totally off base. And all that may be true. This is no dumb bunny, folks. This woman, there are a lot of Republicans that could take lessons from Ms. Cortez about how to organize and how to run a year-round campaign and how to run year-round retail politics in your district. And that is why she is the successful fundraiser that she is, and that is why she is a power, a freshman, walks in as a freshman, and already she's amassed as much power as she does where she's deciding and notice the races that she put her money in. She didn't. She does support other Congress men and women, but she's also investing her PAC money in the local elections, in the local machine that will turn out to support her. This is not a lightweight. She is not a political lightweight. Okay. That said, there's, of course, news coming out of Russia that these talks are underway. I'm going to hold on to that, of course, because in mere moments, we will be joined by Mark Stein. Uh, There's good news today, very good news, on the racial front in America. And we so rarely have good, exciting news on the racial front, I thought I'd be first to share it with you. President Joe Biden right now is poised to sign legislation today 
if he hasn't signed it already, that would make lynching a federal hate crime. Now, those people that were lynched in 1955, which is the last time we had a lynching, will be ecstatic to learn that finally their lynching is a hate crime. Those people that were lynched in the early part of the 19, the 1900s and going back into the 1800s, all of those people that were lynched will be glad to know that finally, finally in America, lynching is a hate crime. And so what was done to them was done by hate. And the federal government now stands to deal with justice for everybody that was lynched back in 1955 and before, because we haven't had any lynchings in America since then. But this is still good news, because those people who were lynched in previous years now have the designation of having their brutal murders recognized as a hate crime by the federal government. And that's the good work that Democrats have been doing. Isn't it amazing? James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley, when we come back, the one, the only, and we are so glad to have him back, Mark Stein. Don't go away. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Entertaining and informative, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, is on the air. 77 WABC. He's always mistakenly British. Teen Crumpets. Cheerio. But he's really a Canuck. Known on all seven continents. Oh, I know who you are. America's undocumented anchorman. He's a recording star and a TV star. Tuesdays, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, presents Mark Stein. And here he is, the world traveler. And by the way, do you find it odd that Mark rejoins us the day after this big hubbub over there in Great Britain, the memorial for, uh, 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 you know, Philip? But he's back, and we are so glad to have him back. Mark, welcome back. Hey, it's great to be back with you, James. Mark, you were over there. You went there. You actually went there. Tell us why. Tell us what you saw. Tell us what you reported there, please. Well, I'm not a a war reporter or anything like a war reporter, but I do find it helps when the powder keg goes up at some pinprick on the map somewhere that it helps to go there and actually take a look at it. And Ukraine was somewhere I visited, you know, some years ago in much better times. And I figured uh, it would be interesting to see what it was like now, just in case. And I felt the time was running out, too, because it was slightly before uh, it was still when it looked as if Putin would uh, manage to steamroll the country eventually. Um, but I think there's a difference as well. I like Ukrainians and there's a, uh, Ukraine has been cursed 
by the fact that too many powerful Americans got interested in it, starting with the Bidens and the Clintons and uh, John Kerry's son and uh, all the rest of it, all the rest of those guys. But you have to be able to distinguish between Ukraine the uh, the Washington money laundering machine and Ukraine, the actual country where people live. So that that was the reason I did. Actually, just getting into the country reminded me of how the future is going to be because I flew into Budapest and I took a rental car and I came to the border post in eastern Hungary for Ukraine and the rental car just died as I <laughs> hit the Ukrainian border. <laughs> The GPS had had seen that I was about to enter Ukraine and uh, and switch the car off, and I and it and I laughed and wound up walking into Ukraine, which was actually rather enjoyable, and I met various people in the way and things. It was a fun way to enter a war zone, but the but the. But the interesting thing was, I thought, yeah, that's our future too. You know, when when uh, it when, when the whole thing collapses here, and you jump in your Toyota Corolla and load it up with as uh, much stuff as you can get in there and try to flee, uh, the Toyota Corolla will die at the border too. Because if the rental car company can switch off the car, the government can switch off your car too. So I found that an interesting experience all by itself. Okay, so you arrive in Ukraine. You've been to, you were talking to the people there. What what is if there if you can describe a mood or moods? What did you encounter with the everyday Ukrainian people that you spoke with? Well, they love their country, and it was interesting to me because it was just a couple of days after a poll. Uh, I forget Gallup or whoever saying that uh, a majority of American Democrats wouldn't fight for their country or whatever it was. All these guys are absolutely they what they all the people I wanted uh, I talked to were with the exception of one rather fatalistic Armenian. But all the Ukrainians were just hot to push back and they weren't going to be re enslaved. Uh, by the Russians uh, ever again. I found that I found that very interesting. I spoke to a woman who crosses the border regularly to go and collect medical supplies for troops in eastern Ukraine. She sent her son out of the country, um, but she and every time she crosses that border, she could stay. She doesn't have to go back into the war zone. She doesn't have to try and get medical supplies to troops in eastern Ukraine. But she feels, uh, as she told her son, she's got to stay there and and fight for her country. And as I said, I'm 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 one who is on board with. I mean, this idea that Hunter Biden is lobbying for bio labs in Ukraine. I was actually trying to get to the one in Odessa. I didn't quite make it, so I may have to go back. But this idea that, you know, there's an insanity about Ukraine in Washington. Ukraine's responsible for two impeachments. Uh, Ukraine's uh, responsible for Lindsey Graham being inducted into the order of Prince Yaroslav the Wise, which must have Prince Yaroslav rotating in his grave. Uh, <laughs> and and uh, Ukraine is uh, responsible for these incredible bio labs where, where f- for some reason, uh, the U.S. government thought, I know, uh, that COVID thing worked out so well for us uh, with the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Where else can we invest in uh, gain-of-function research? 
research. I know. How about on Vladimir Putin's doorstep? I, I agree with all that. Not, But you have to distinguish between Ukraine, uh, which is exists as a sort of almost like a mythical kingdom for Washington monkey business, and then the actual country where people who just want to live Western lives and get on with their lives and don't want to go back into Putin's state uh, where they actually live. There's really two Ukraines, I would say. Okay, I want, I'll just focus for a minute on these biolabs. Tulsi Gabbard came out and made a few statements about the biolabs there, and immediately she was held out to dry. She was ridiculed by some of the establishment figures, uh, branded that she was lying, or, or it was said that she was lying. And, of course, then came proof that there were biolabs mm. in Ukraine. What is, what is really going on there? It, it, it disappeared, by the way, from the headlines after that. Well, there's a lot of people who still think if you mention it, it's misinformation. Um, but it isn't misinformation. Essentially, and this is going back, you know, 10, 15 years, there were biolabs in Ukraine uh, just as a result of it being in the Soviet Union for decades. Uh, and so initially the explanation is, oh, well, uh, the Americans are just there because they're helping the Ukrainians secure these labs. And you think, oh, right. yes, that's very nice of them. But no, they're not. They're actually opening new labs where they're doing uh, research into some of the most deadly pathogens. I mean, and when I say deadly, I mean some of these pathogens uh, that have a have a 50% kill rate. So it's a bit like, you know, Wuhan seemed to me like offshoring, uh, that Fauci and EcoHealth Alliance and these guys were experimenting with coronaviruses in Wuhan, uh, which has the security protocols of the average American dentist's room, uh, mm. because because they didn't want to do it in they didn't want to do it in Idaho or in Connecticut because people would notice it there. So they do it in Wuhan because you can get on with it and and nobody knows about it. It and and something of the same thing applied in uh, in in Ukraine with these bio labs. So it's a bit like when it's a bit like rendition. You know when when uh, we used to hear about it from. Uh, in the days when everybody hated Bush and Cheney and they'd be going on about rendition, you know, so you outsource the torture. You, you say to the Pakistanis, uh, well, we'd like to borrow one of your dungeons because we picked up this guy and we don't want to take him to America and uh, and have to read him his Miranda rights. So could we just borrow one of your rooms and manacle him to the wall for a couple of days? And essentially the same kind of thing, I think, has been happening in a lot of other areas of uh, American life and rather disturbingly and so i'm i'm uh i don't think there's any good answer to what was why we're opening new bio labs in uh ukraine what can it's, you tell us mark about the the russians that are in ukraine we get reports all the time that the russians are angry at their own government that troops are being sent there that this war that was started by Vladimir Putin invading the country has gone horribly wrong. And right now it's so bogged down, which is why they're in peace talks, because there's no chance that the Russians are really going to be able to pull this off. But you are there. What can you tell us, if you can, of what is being reported from inside the country about the Russians that are on the ground there? 
Well, everyone's got different stories of Russians they met. And again, I find I found this, you know, I find this very interesting because I, I don't think there's any I think it was impressive to me just how many people wanted to be part of the war effort. So you have all kinds of situations where the first thing that happened was that all the locals went out and they took down all the town, the highway signs saying what town you were headed towards. So the Russians all got detoured onto dirt roads and their tanks <laughs> and their tanks got st stuck. And everybody's got some kind of uh, some kind of a story like that. Or they've got things where, you know, they all uh, went out and uh, greeted the Russian, incoming Russian troops with uh, f sandwiches and, and the guys thought, oh yes, it's just like um, President and Putin said we're being greeted as liberators. They've made us all these nice sandwiches, and then they eat the sandwiches, and they get terrible food poisoning. They've all, they've all got, they've all got story. I mean, I, I, a believer in nuance, and I think actually the relationship of Ukraine to Russia is like another, you know, small country next to a great power uh ireland next to england is that it's nuanced it's it's not a black and white situation it's nuanced but one thing that is is absolutely clear is that these people uh really 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 do not want to be back in russia and they're prepared to do everything it takes whether it's picking up a rifle or whether it's taking down the highway signs uh, to see that they don't get put back in Russia. Now, what do you, what do you think is going to happen here, Mark? You you're there. You, you say you may go back. Mm. Are you serious about that? Yeah, I am. I mean, I think you know the the, the fact of the matter is you've got a lunatic in uh, in 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 Washington uh, who uh, <laughs> who's just like uh, on tour in Europe and casually saying, "Oh yeah, uh, we're going to use chemical weapons." And uh, by the way, uh, you American. Uh, in the room, you're soon going to be in Ukraine, and, uh, <laughs> and uh, I'm fully committed to taking Putin out and having regime change in the Kremlin. And then we have it. This only happens in America. This only ha where then news announcers explain that he uh, he misspoke. <laughs> and that uh, administration officials are walking it back. Well, I, that most of us don't get that. If I say to you, "Oh, I really enjoy having sex with goats," <laughs> you don't you don't announce after the break. Uh, unfortunately, Mr. Stein misspoke. Uh, then um, he fully respects the uh, the bodily autonomy of goats. So uh, that wasn't what he he just you know the, none of us get to walk things back. In fact, this is the age of not walking things back. You know, oh, I I I tweeted out a joke in two thousand and seven, and it's not right for two thousand and twenty two. So you're cancelled. Bye. So long. But but uniquely, Joe Biden can threaten chemical warfare, regime change, and boots on the ground in Ukraine, and oh, he just misspoke. Where's the, where's the misspeaking for the rest of us on Twitter and all, the, and all of that? Wow. Any predictions as to how this is all going to end up? Do you think that this is going to end up with Russia in control of Ukraine militarily? No, I, d I don't think they've got anywhere near enough troops to secure Ukraine. You know, uh, so he's going to have to settle for something. 
and the question is what 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 is he going to uh, what is he going to settle for? Is it just he has to settle for something that he can present as a kind of victory? I thought at first that he'd get as far as the the Dniester River, which is the big river that splits uh, Ukraine in two and used to be, the, in fact, the border between, uh, let me see if I get this right, Romania, uh, Poland and uh, Czechoslovakia and and then the Russian Empire, the Dniester River. But he's not going to get anywhere near that far. And he hasn't got enough troops available to hold it down. So he's going to get out. And, and if you were interested in not having World War Three, and the Democrats are so crazy, you start to believe, well, you know, OK, so they'd welcome World War Three uh, just so it means we're not talking about Hunter's laptop. It would distract <laughs> right. us from if there were, you know, if there was a smoking crater where Berlin used to be, uh, we wouldn't be talking about Hunter's laptop. And you, and you almost believe they'd be crazy enough to pull some stunt like that. Um, but I think if you were seriously interested, you'd be you'd be trying to provide Putin with an off ramp. The, the the sanctions aren't working. The ruble's gone. Everyone. Biden's been boasting about tanking the ruble. The ruble's gone back up. He, he's surviving the sanctions. There's, there's a question whether, you know. The Western world can survive the sanctions with the way oil and gas... And gas are, right. There's a story uh, today that Russia has built a parallel economy, uh, and that's why the sanctions aren't working. That story is in the uh, Wall Street Journal. Russia built parallel payment system that escaped West, Western sanctions. And so when Visa and MasterCard and the others left, they didn't care. They had their own systems in place. Yeah, I think one of the the real consequence of this, the real danger of of this is that if it goes on, it will end uh, the the status of the dollar as the world's reserve currency since uh, which it's been since, you know, Bretton Woods in uh, in dear old Mount Washington Hotel uh, in New Hampshire. And uh, they go and and instead some new uh, Russo. Chinese, Saudi, all kinds of interested parts. Well, the Indians even. India is is the biggest strategic opponent of China on the planet, and yet they're happy to do deals with Russia that bypass the dollar. And once the dollar is no longer the, the world's reserve currency, then actually, <laughs> you know, the question then becomes what's holding... <laughs> If you think uh, if you think uh, gas prices are high now, wait till wait till uh, until Putin and Chairman Xi get together and tank the dollar, because that's uh, going to be a whole other level of hurt. Mark, so glad you arrived back, Slavey. We were all praying for you because I was just frankly a little bit worried, and I know many of us were. <laughs> so, what a brave what a brave lad to go over there. Thank you. We're so glad you're back. And thank oh, you. I'm I'm glad to be I'm glad to be back, James. I would I would all I would have done the show live from there, but it's a seven hour time difference. So at eleven o'clock at night, uh, I'm face down in their excellent local brews, and I would have made no sense on the show. <laughs> thank you, Mark. We appreciate you. We'll look forward to hearing from you next week. Thank you, James. WABC. That is our one and only Mark Stein, America's undocumented anchorman. I got to tell you, it's what courage to go over to, into a war zone, whether he says he's not a journalist. Yeah, he is. 
WABC Talk Radio 77, James Golden, a.k.a. Snurdy. Yes, we're coming back with you right after this. Oh, knows politics and so much more. A true connection to real New York on 77 WABC. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno, he's your numero uno. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. Take a deep breath. Take that deep breath. This is Peaches and Herb. Yes, I love you. Tell me you love me. WABC Talk Radio 77, New York. Peaches and... Why you guys dug that one out? Not many people remember that song. Not that it wasn't great. It's just, you know. Wow. Well, speaking of uh, closing your eyes, you may want to close your eyes for this one. Uh, California's first in the nation task force on reparations. Yes, he said reparations. Yes, there is a task force on reparations that is happening in where else but California. Well, right now they are debating who gets compensation. Compensation from who you say? From you when it's time for you to pay reparations. Now, here's the argument that they're having. Some members of this task force that is a legal task force. Governor Newsom out there signed the law. Yeah, this is what California is doing with their funds. They're funding a reparations task force. But anyway, some members want to limit financial and other compensation to descendants of enslaved people, while others on the task force say all black people in the United States, regardless of their lineage, why they suffer from systematic racism in housing, education, and employment. You see, they're all victims. This is like critical race theory on steroids. Anyway, they're saying that that everybody, if you're black or you claim to be black, you should get compensation. because Why? Because America is such a racist country that you don't stand a chance and you need some money. Show me the money. Anyway, what does the compensation look like? Well, glad you asked. It could include free college, assistance buying homes, assistance launching a business. And get this, they're even discussing giving grants to churches. Mm, I thought there was a separation of church and state. No, they're talking about giving grants to churches and to community organizations. Hmm, community organizations. Hmm. Community organizations, where do you suppose that all these billions of dollars in reparations are really going to end up? I ask you. Well, now, they are saying one of the chairman, the chairman of this group, Camilla Moore, says she expects a robust discussion. They're meeting today, 
and they're going to take a testimony from genealogists. She favors reparations based on lineage rather than race, saying if you base your reparations on lineage, it will have the best chance of surviving a legal challenge in a conservative United States Supreme Court. So they are thinking ahead. And they're also expecting there's going to be a lot, a lot of controversy with this. Opening up compensation to black immigrants or even descendants of slaves from other countries, however, would leave the U.S. descendants of slave with, near, with, with mere pennies. So all black folks in the United States are not going to be included. Those you black folks here that came from other countries, like, you know, from the islands, uh-uh, you get nodding, nothing. I wonder what's going to happen with mixed race people and all of this. And I want to be there the day that somebody does, somebody, hello, Oprah, yes, we have your reparations check. Oh, hey, Will, don't smack me, Will. We got a check for you, bro. This is happening, folks. It is happening in where else but California. (sighs) From the left coast to the east coast. Oh, before we get to Letitia James, let's talk about our mayor. The mayor was out partying last night with some British supermodel, and I saw the pictures. Of course, he's like Mr. GQ. Now, the Daily Mail in covering this makes a point that just hours after he's, you know, vowed to clean up the city, there were two more horrific assaults in New York. One was in Queens, pawn shop owner had his head so badly beaten in with a metal rod that officers responding to the scene thought he had suffered from gunshot wounds. Okay, and then earlier in the day, a 53-year-old man placing an order at a kiosk in a Manhattan McDonald's was caught on camera being beaten and robbed. And, you know, so New York, New York, while the mayor's out partying, Partying. Yeah, the optics. He didn't care about the optics. Mr. GQ, man. Meanwhile, New York's AG Letitia James says there is significant evidence that the Trump organization misstated property values and engaged in widespread fraud, and she's demanding that Don Jr. and Ivanka respond to her subpoena. This has been a witch hunt from the very beginning. I do not know why this is investigation is even allowed to proceed this woman posing as a as a district attorney vowed when there was nothing there that she was going to investigate the Trump family. There was no reason except political for her to make this vow, and she's done just that. I don't understand why this has been allowed to proceed this far along the way. And if you notice, the Clinton, there was a Clinton judge that is already saying, oh, there's enough evidence against Trump that he was most likely will be. Well, no, that is for a jury to decide what they are trying to do is smear Trump's name so badly to take him out of contention for the next presidential round. That's all this is. This is total political, total political nonsense. And I hope one day that these alleged law enforcement officials 
the people that are supposed to repre- be representing our judicial branch for their brazenly, openly political persecution of Donald Trump and his family. Because that's all this is, and that's all it has ever been. We are coming back to your telephone calls. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly. Remember, Cats at Night is next. You'll want to keep it right here on WABC for Cats at Night and keep it right here all during the night. We've got great programming all night long, all day long, and on the weekends. This is your radio home, WABC, Talk Radio 77. We're coming back. Your calls after this. Stevie. 1972, the Intervisions album. What? Well, uh, like I don't understand how you can't because I got been, uh, you know, Paris, Beirut. Beirut. What an amazing album this is. If you're not familiar with it, if you're in the millennial uh, generation, you may want to go back and buy this album, check it out. This is a musical treasure chest. It's the Intervisions album, Stevie Wonder. Won four Grammys that year. This came after his uh, Talking Book album, which was when, I guess, Stevie became the modern incarnation of Stevie. It was no longer Stevie Wonder, the teenager and all that. This was Stevie Wonder, the mature adult artist. And I'll tell you, the Talking Book album was monumental. That came out in 1970. And then this album was the follow-up, Inner Visions. And it still stands up sonically, musically. The compositions are amazing. His vocals are amazing. And, of course, he's doing his own backgrounds and harmonies. Along with some guest artists here and there. Anyway, let's head back to the telephones. Ollie, Staten Island, thank you for waiting, Ollie. What is on your mind this afternoon? Hello, Ollie. Ollie, Stanley, Ollie, Stanley. Well, Ollie's not there. What a, what a, always get me in this mess. Okay, let us try then John in Staten Island. Same borough. Let's see if John's there. John, welcome. WABC Talk Radio 77. Hello, Bo. Um, with the reparations things, I think it should happen, but it should happen between the people who, the Dixiecrats, the whole Democrat Party that stood with Robert KKK Bird and, and uh, all the uh, black caucus that stood with Robert KKK Bird and anybody else that stood with the Democrats going way back to McGovern. Mm. I mean, these are the people who did all the damage. And they're blaming Republicans with smears and lies, but they could stand the oven, put people with dogs in, in water hoses. And uh, Robert KKK Byrd took plenty of money and uh, did what he did. And uh, I don't see Clyburn denouncing him. A lot of people went to his uh, wake and funeral. In fact, Biden went. And o- Biden Obama was- went. Obama was there at KKK Byrd's funeral. Yeah. So, I mean, I hear you, John, and this is absolutely a brilliant idea. Instead of just 
many Americans that would be asked to give reparations in response to slavery weren't even in the country, nor were their ancestors at the time. So if we want to be fair, if we're going to do this on lineage, trace the lineage of the Democrats and ask them to pay up. What an interesting idea. I like that. Joe from Mount Sinai, Long Island. Welcome, WABC Talk Radio 77. You're on with James Golden, a.k.a. What's up, Joe? Hello, James. Uh, I, I wanted to talk about Clarence Thomas and the, as the, the voices are telling him to recuse himself. But as far as reparations, in my, maybe I'm stupid, but wouldn't you think it's the, the, the countries in Africa that actually sold these people into slavery would, would be the ones that have to pay reparations also? Or maybe Stop totally? it. Stop it. Stop that. Stop that. You're not allowed to place blame on black people who sold their own people into slavery as part of the problem here. What planet are you on? Stop that. Apologize. No, don't. Let's not even talk about that anymore because people might actually start talking about that aspect of it. Now, what did you want to say about Justice Thomas? Well, uh, uh, Jeff Sessions recused himself and he, he stood on his high horse. He ruined a presidency. He ruined his reputation and he ruined the, 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 the country for us. Anybody that's stupid enough to recuse themselves when Stacey Abrams sister says she doesn't need to on voting rights, you know, uh, you know, they, they could have their own rules and, and her and her sister are, are, are going to be WWF tag team uh, partners. They're going to be known as tons of fun. Oh, stop it now. Let's not make fun of their weight. Okay, a lot of people are weight challenged. We can't do that. But I liked everything up until then. No, folks, let's not make fun of people's weight. But 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 you raise another point: recusals. And when we recuse ourselves, like Judge Sessions did, what happened? It was, as you say, a disaster. Bob Manhattan, WABC Talk Radio seventy seven. What is on your mind this afternoon? My mind is slavery didn't start in America, just like that man just said. Also, there was many different people that were slaves in America. You had white people that were slaves. You had British people that were slaves. They were called serfs. They either went to prison or came to America and became slaves. They called them serfs. And indentured servants. They also called them indentured servants. That's right. And also, uh, don't forget the 10,000-plus free black men that were slave owners in this country. And don't forget... Now, now wait just a second here, because that's going to be an interesting challenge. You know, what if you trace the lineage and it turns out that they, like, you know who, whose family, by the way, not here, but in Jamaica, owned slaves? Kamala Harris's dad, her, that, that lineage owned slaves that, that our vice president is from. What if it turns out that some of the Harris branch that were the slave owners are actually here and we can find their lineage? Do they have to pay reparations to other blacks? Interesting point you raise here. Thank you, Bob. Great point. Let us go. Ollie's back on the line. Hello, Ollie. How are you? Oh, my goodness. I hope we can get it right this time. Can you hear me? I hear you now, Ollie. It's another fine mess you've got me into. Go ahead, Ollie. What's your point? I'm sorry, Ollie. (laughs) (laughs) Well, listen, you threw me for a loop. Maybe that's what happened because... When you played that Stevie Wonder tune, uh, I, I just went over the moon. It's one of my uh, most heartfelt tunes. And I Isn't always it beautiful? I love listening to that. That whole album is great, but that song was such an amazing song. 
it is. I can't listen to it sometimes. It just brings me to tears. Man. Oh, man. Awesome. Uh, uh, and I think of my mother. But now this this, this is the only point I wanted to make uh, to you. And I want to uh, just first off say I am so proud and grateful and thankful for you, Mr. James Golden. You are truly a remarkable example of what we can do here in America. Uh, your, your points of view are so on point. You're so brave and you keep things clear. And I just had to give you that a little bit. I appreciate you so much. Thank you. All right. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for the call. Now, you got to make a point quick. You wanted to talk about Michael Donald. What about him? I wanted to say uh, it's a very important point. You mentioned that in 1955 was the last lynching. Uh, I think you might be wrong about that. I mentioned or noticed, recognized that the last lynching was in 1981 in Mobile, Alabama, and the man who was lynched name was Michael Donald. Well, it is not James that is wrong. That is what is being reported in the press. And the Michael Donald case, there was always dispute because law enforcement said it wasn't a lynching. His family said, however, that it was. And nothing has ever been conclusive otherwise. But, you know, even if so, okay, let's then amend it. We should be grateful today that that Joe Biden and the Democrats have now signed a bill to make hate crimes that happened in the past. Uh, to make it a hate crime for things that happened in 1981 and before that, 1955 and beyond. And we should all be grateful. This is how they're spending their time. Hate crimes from bygone eras in America. Yep. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that hour just flies by. We'll be back tomorrow, 4 o'clock every day, Monday through Friday. Remember, John Katz is up next, Katz at night. And I'll be back on Saturday mornings at 7 in the morning. Write that down and be here for your first cup of coffee on Saturday with me, James Golden, a.k.a. Snurdly. We are New Jersey. We are Connecticut. We are Pennsylvania. And, of course, we are all New York. We are all New York City. Greatest city in the world in America. The greatest nation humanity has ever witnessed. God bless and protect each and every one of you and your families. Look down with favor on those suffering in Ukraine, and thank you for sending Mark Stein back to us healthy and safe. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye.